Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. Bonus episode. <laughs> um, all, all the girls in the audience are now making a puddle because they <laughs> love to hear those words. How's it going? Uh, we've talked about this private parts. If they'll all just turn their bass up real right. high, sit on their speaker. Bonus episode. <laughs> That movie is so fucking good. Have you seen it? No. You haven't seen Private Parts? Mm-mm. We've told you about that scene, though. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah. It's been recorded and went out to okay. the world. Good. So they know. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a great fucking movie. Howard Stern, <laughs> Private Parts. A little outdated now, but whatever. He's got a new book out, too, doesn't he? He does. You're a big Howard Stern fan. comes again. <laughs> of, course, of course, that's what it's called. <laughs> If we ever start giving away our show notes like we had discussed possibly uh, down the road for Patreon or some shit, I got to stop putting my coupon codes on our notes because that's what I did here for two free concert tickets. (laughs) What concert? Uh, To be determined because when I tried to use it, it was fucking up. Oh, okay. I was trying to go see Nelly and TLC and Flo Rida. Tell me that wouldn't be a good show. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They're coming to Blossom. Yeah. No, He's like, not. are you serious? Are you serious? Yes, oh, okay. All right. August 15. <laughs> They're at Blossom. Nelly, right. TLC, and Flo Rida. Lisa Left Eye Lopez is not going to be part of the tour. So it's TC. Yeah. Nelly, TC, and Flo Rida. But yeah, right. so it sent me a list of like, hey, you haven't been here in so long. We're going to offer you two free tickets to any one of these upcoming shows. And there was a list of whatever. And there was only a few I was interested in. And that was one of them. Oh, okay. And went to click the link. And it was like, oh, there's no more tickets available. Yeah. Fuck you and your gimmicks. His first choice was Nickelback, but they, they were sold out. I <laughs> Obviously, think. they were sold out. They actually did sell out Blossom the last time they were here. You were probably there. I was not. I have not seen Nickelback live ever. <laughs> we saw Foo Fighters. That was sold out there. It's a good show. Yeah. At least, well, we were up two miles away from the stage. I think it was good. So anyways, we're going to complete the uh, hometown heroes for those Northwesterners, the Pacific Northwest today. We had, what, Jerry Brudos a few weeks ago? Yeah. Who are we getting into today? Tonight we're going to get into Gary Ridgeway and we'll briefly touch on the, the most famous one out there, Ted Bundy. He mm. he shows up later on in this story. I had no idea Ted Bundy was from there, so clearly we have oh. not completed the hometown heroes. <laughs> you are not an expert, I guess. <laughs> clearly. If people are just now figuring that out, then uh, they haven't been listening very closely. Where was Ted Bundy from? I mean, uh, he started his killing spree in Seattle, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Huh? 
So is, was he actually born and raised there? Or did he move around? It doesn't. Well, we could save that for the his episode, but. He killed people in Colorado, Utah. Yeah, he was all over. I mean, I guess I just assume mostly serial killers are in California on the Pacific Coastal Highway where all these people get taken <laughs> and killed. But I didn't know he was part of that uh, Pacific yeah. Northwest region. Oh, yeah. So first off, this guy's an angry looking bastard, Gary Bridgeway. Yeah, he's uh, he's, uh, does not look happy. Well, he's angry. He doesn't like prostitutes. Yes. He sure uses them a lot, though. Well, he's conflicted. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's jump into into Gary. Gary Leon Ridgeway was born February eighteenth, nineteen forty nine, in Salt Lake City, Utah, to Mary and Thomas Ridgeway. He was the middle child and had two brothers. Gary grew up in a chaotic household with a very dominant mother and witnessed many physical arguments between his parents. His mom was the abuser. His dad wasn't abusing her. She was beating his ass. Okay. Didn't we hear that in another story? Was that, that was Ed Kemper, right? Wasn't, it wasn't physical. Well, at least we don't know if it was physical. But his mom was the dominant presence yeah. in the household. And Jerry Brudos, too. And Brudos. Yeah. I'm noticing a trend. Yeah, there's a police report out there about his mom just like smashing plates over his dad's head and just like God beating damn. his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His father was a bus driver who would complain about sex sex workers in the city, which will they'll tie in later on. So was this guy a Mormon? He's in Salt Lake. Was he one of the two percent of people that weren't uh, weren't Mormon? You know, I don't know. We'll get into Gary's weird shit with religion later yeah. on. Like I looked, I couldn't really find a definitive answer. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll get into it later with Gary's uh, his weird religious shit, but I'm not sure. Okay. Were you asking about his father though? He was the religious. I just want to know if he's a Mormon. Oh. Well, he's not a cool dad. His name's not Hilmer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that wrong. How we say it, Ian? Hilmer. Hilmer. <laughs> Swedish Ian. Yes. <laughs> Here we go now. We're going to have shirt requests uh, for old guy Dave shirts and Swedish Ian shirts. <laughs> I posted that childhood photo of Swedish Ian. <laughs> uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I like, I liked it. I laughed. <laughs> I was cracking myself up all day. I kept going back and looking at it. I started laughing again. Dave thinks he's a hoot. <laughs> and then Gary had, he had one of the three indicators of future violence detailed in the McDonald tri- triad, which was uh, bedwetting until he was 13 years old. Mike, where are the other two? Uh Double cheeseburger and a medium French fry. <laughs> Do you know the oh, other two? I thought you were asking me my McDonald's triad. <clears throat> um, wait, so what was this now? Bedwetting, yep. um, torturing animals, something sexual? No. What is it? It's arson, right? Yeah, starting fires. Ah, yeah, I should have known Boom. <laughs> so, and, and his mom would, she would berate him. And uh, and wash his genitals after every time he had an accident. So she would just be there scrubbing him down and and screaming at him <laughs> up until the age of thirteen. After these last few weeks, I've had enough about these parents touching their kids. I need a little yeah. bit of a break here. I'm washing your dirty cock after you <laughs> pee peed everywhere. It's horrific. He's how old here? Thirteen years old. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. Your filthy pee pee. <laughs> Berating Mother Dave. 
after uh, after he was arrested later on, he said that as a child, um, he had back and forth feelings of anger and sexual attraction towards his mom, and he fantasized about killing her. All right, like somebody else we know. Yeah, and he would go into he went into detail about like watching her out in the backyard while she was like sunbathing and stuff, and watching her. Mm, wow. Yeah. Do I kill her or do I fuck her? <laughs> Hmm, the internal struggle here. Yeah. <laughs> he had difficulties in school as a child. He is dyslexic. Are you reading that backwards? <laughs> <laughs> and his IQ is recorded as being in the low 80s, which we looked that up the one of the last times when we were talking about him. He's like he's like right on the border of being considered mentally oh, mentally yeah. challenged. At 80. Yeah. It was like 75, right? Is the is the yeah. yeah so he's he's right on the border due to his troubles with learning he was held back a year in high school during high school he had his first known issue with violence I think it's more than an issue yeah <laughs> when Gary was sixteen he lured a six year old boy into the woods and stabbed him in the side hitting his liver Gary left the boy there believing he killed him but but the boy ended up surviving well that's Good news. So did he get away clean and no one ever identified him and we found out about this after he was arrested later? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he got away with this. Yikes. That poor kid. Gary graduated from Thai High School in 1969 and married his high school girlfriend, Claudia Craig. He joined the U.S. Navy and was deployed to Vietnam where he did see combat. Because a lot of these guys that have gone over to Vietnam and stuff, they lie about they say they were in combat and stuff, sure. and, sure. and it's a lie, but he did. What's weird about him with, with Vietnam, too, is he'll talk about any of this other shit that he did, but he won't talk about stuff he did in Vietnam. Really? Yeah. He won't go into Vietnam at all, but he'll talk freely about all this other shit. Hmm. So, Like about killing people or anything? Just anything, really. At just, all about his whole time over there. Yeah. So it makes you wonder. What he was up to. Yeah. But what we do know from the little we do know from him while he was in Vietnam is he often had sex with sex workers and eventually con- contracted gonorrhea. Hmm. Even though he uh, he had contracted gonorrhea, he still had sex with um, with sex workers without protection, and it was almost like he was pissed off and was just trying to spread it more. Getting back at the yeah, yeah. was kind of the the idea behind that. While he was over in Vietnam, his wife had an affair, and their their uh, their marriage ended within a year of him being over there. His second marriage to Marcia Winslow ended due to infidelity infidelities by both of them. After he was arrested, Marcia told reporters of an incident where they were getting out of their car one night after a party, and Gary came up from the side of the car and put her in a chokehold from behind. At the time, he claimed it. Was it just a joke? But thinking back on it, Marcia felt like there was something more to it. So he almost offed his own wife, probably. Yeah, huh? so he like came up and choked her from behind. Yeah. And then ran back around the other side of the car and acted like it wasn't him that did it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Jerry Brutus. Yeah. yeah, the guy knocked me out in the barn and uh, <laughs> yeah. came up and attacked you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's, 
Yeah, but so fucking weird. Brudos, I mean, they both got away with it, right? There yeah. was no direct yeah. consequences in either one of them. No, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's married to <clears throat> her, so I don't know if she's just like... Maybe the marriage oh, is coming to an end, and he's like, yeah. maybe I'll get rid of her this way. During his second marriage to Marcia, Gary became very religious. He would go door-to-door attempting to get people to convert to, convert to Christianity and read the Bible out loud at work and home. I love when people do that at work. That's awesome. <laughs> Just sit there and read the All Bible. the good parts? Yeah, read them out loud. <laughs> what are the good parts, Dave? Well, you know, I guess <laughs> Revelations would be a good part. The end of the world. When yeah. He, uh... He also insisted that Marcia follow strict preachings of their pastor, so be like super conservative and stuff at home. Like, don't do anal. Well, that's the thing with him, we'll, and we'll get into his uh, his sexual habits because it's real back and forth with him. So, but at this, yeah, at this time he's being conservative, but he's still going out and banging prostitutes. Yeah. Oh, that never happens. <laughs> well, and then. And people also said that while he was reading the Bible, he would just start crying. <laughs> Could you imagine being this at guy work already? Someone's just reading the Bible at work and crying. I also wonder how much uh, how much mental illness did he actually probably suffer from too, and or PTSD <clears throat> or anything like that. He looks mentally his, ill if you look on at top him. of his already borderline intellectual disabilities. Yeah. Well, Mike, you had some religious people stop by your house to chat with you not too a couple weeks ago. That's right. How did that did. go? They asked. Um, they wanted to talk to me about the Bible. I said, I'm um, not really a religious person. Thank you for stopping by. And <laughs> they asked how I deal with all the anger in the world or the negativity <laughs> in the world. And I gave some kind of, I don't know, BS answer or whatever. And Dave reminded me I should have told them I handle it with copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> Probably would have been a more honest answer. <laughs> And then they asked if they could read me some uh, scripture, and I said, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> got things to do. Yeah. Uh, and that was the end of nice. it, really. All right. And then I texted Dave and warned him that he might be having visitors soon because they're out and about, <laughs> and he was getting prepared for that battle. Speaking of people coming door to door, the other day, Angie wasn't home, and she was, I was expecting her to come home soon. I, I had shut the front door and I had it locked. So, and I know like our one key doesn't work with the lock. So I heard knocking on the door. And I thought it was her. And so I'm like fucking around and real high pitched. I'm like, who is it? Like being real stupid. I went down and opened the door because, and it was some fucking young, like teenage girl going around signing. You're trying to get people to sign on for green energy. She was looking at me like I was like fucking maniac. I did it so did loud. You just Go ahead and sign for her to get her out of it. Like, I'm like, sorry you had to hear that. Please go. Like, here's my number. Please, please leave. You'll have to come back later and do the dishes. <laughs> she was looking at me like I was a complete crazy awesome. person. Well, that's funny. Uh, so I assume you pulled her in and killed her, right? Yeah, I did. Her head's hanging out in the, in the garage. Well, a, a wall of mounted body parts. Yeah. Um, so, but regardless of being re- really religious, like, like you said, Mike, he, he continued to have, uh, to go out and find sex workers and he, then he started encouraging Marcia to have sex with him in public and then even places with or without him no, with him oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, with him. And then he could have been into that also. No shame. No, that's why I'm asking. And there are, I mean, his, his first one 
Although this was the one, this marriage, they both had infidelities, yeah. so they're just kind of swingers, maybe. That's cool. Hey. I was just asking. Whatever you do. He also just liked to also bang his wife in public. So there's... Maybe he liked to watch his wife get banged in public. Either way is okay. Well, but that's not what we're stating here. We don't know that's that. That's why I was asking We know that he wants to bang his wife in public. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Bible. Bang your wife in public? Yeah, all that stuff. Is that in, Psalm? <laughs> is that in Psalms? <laughs> the book of Acts, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Tell you where it's not, Leviticus. <laughs> he also wanted to, uh, would take her out and have sex with her where where he had uh, buried some of the bodies. That's pretty hot. It's pretty wild, yeah. Such a romantic. <laughs> What's that aroma? Rotting flesh? Is that a young girl rotting I smell over there, Gary? <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> After he was caught... Uh, his three ex-wives and old girlfriends said that he demanded to have sex several times a day. And it's like, they were talking like, like 10, 15 times a day. Like this dude was just wild. Yeah. So he was probably a sex addict too. Oh yeah. On top of all that. You get rug burn on your cock that fucking that many times a day. No, I would mm-hmm. imagine so as well as probably many other issues to deal with. He's got gonorrhea. Yeah. He's got fucking his wife on a corpse is burial spot he's got the rug burn there's a lot going on here this is a little too much for me <laughs> he was obsessed with sex workers but he all he had like this love hate relationship with them he would do just like his dad and complain about them being in the neighborhood talk about how much he hated them but then he would just constantly go out and and pay them for sex so hmm. That's kind of like how we thought about his mom too like he couldn't figure out if he was like attracted to her or wanted to kill her yeah Throughout the 1980s and 1990s, Gary's believed to be responsible for the murders of at least 71 teen girls and young women near Seattle and Tacoma, Washington. Uh, during court, Gary said he had killed so many that he had lost count. And most of his murders occurred between 1982 and 1984, with the victims being sex workers or runaways that he picked up along the Pacific Highway South. And that's the thing about this guy is like you can't with other like Jerry Brudos or or some of those like you can't really go victim by victim with him because he doesn't remember half of this shit. And there's so many people that that's a big number. Yeah. We talked before about how easy it is to kill random people. And the same goes for sex workers. We talked about that in the uh, was it the Richard Chase episode where he would just show up at random houses and kill them. Right. I mean, the same goes for sex workers. How would you ever know? Who did it when you're just picking random people like that? Right. Well, and there's a term for like sex workers. And um, I know with, um, with with the guy that was just caught in Canada and um, and with this, like he was killing gay guys and sex workers. There's that term, the less dead that people just don't generally just are like, oh, yeah. well, yeah. sex worker. We, I don't know. Throw away no, people. Yeah. Nobody cares about them. Right. Nobody's going to be looking for them. And That's right. what are you going to do? It's sad. Yeah. And the other thing, unfortunately, with Gary is most of his victims were African-American women, which unfortunately... Even worse. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes no one's looking for him, so it doesn't really get any traction with law enforcement. So the method that Gary would use to kill was strangulation, and most of the bodies were dumped in wooded areas along the Green River, um, Seattle-Tacoma International's airport, and other areas within uh, South King County. There were also two confirmed murders and two suspected ones of his in Portland, Oregon. So that's why I call him the Green River Killer. 
Right. I don't know if we said that at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Green River Killer. Mm-hmm. He often um, left the bodies in clusters, and sometimes they would be posed in uh, sexual positions and nude. Wait a minute. What kind of positions? Sexual. <laughs> I, but it, my mind immediately goes towards like... On all fours? Or legs up, just uh, something to... Probably use your imagination, Dave. I think you can probably figure out a few <laughs> of the positions. Something to be shocking maybe just to bent, whoever found it. Maybe just bent over holding a tree and the guy just standing up behind Like Ja Rule, you know how we do it, hips. feet to shoulders, like that? <laughs> Is, that Is that what Ja Rule says? Ja Rule, wow. <laughs> Blast from the past. He's up there with Sade. Fucking you it? in the backseat of the Yukon. <laughs> ja Rule, man. By the time I started to know who Ja Rule was, I think he had went soft. He was featured all over TRL. I like ja doing Rule. cuts with. You know how we do it. Beat the shoulder. <laughs> See the one who's like, every thug needs a lady. Yeah. Sure is. All right, Ja, thanks. <laughs> now Dave Chappelle talking about people giving their opinion on 9-11 or whatever. And it was like... Uh, so he says something like, where's Ja Rule? I need to find out what Ja Rule, what his input is on this. That's great. <laughs> He's like, who the fuck cares what Ja Rule thinks? They turn it back to the regular news. If we continue to talk about him, I'm going to have to hashtag this episode with Ja Rule at some point. <laughs> but with, with, with leaving him in clusters, I think with, with a lot of these guys, it's like... Um, to like up that shock value to whoever see, finds the body, you know what For I the mean? Positions he put in, puts right? Because when if you come across a dead mm. body, you're like, oh fuck, you know, freaked out. But if you come across one with its legs, sure, spread open. Well, that means like, a sex crazed addict, so he probably got off on the positions and put he put him in too. Yeah. Um. And sometimes Gary would return to his dumb sites to have sex with the corpses of his victims. All right. And later on, he said that he didn't find necrophilia any better than normal sex, but doing this curbed his desires to go out and find an alive victim. No better, but no worse, I guess. (laughs) So his necrophilia may have saved a life. Yeah. And the only reason he tried to curb the need to kill was uh, was in fear of getting caught. It wasn't his conscience taking over. Oh, no, no. He just didn't (laughs) want to get caught. To further avoid getting caught, Gary would litter the dump sites with gum, cigarettes, and items that had handwriting on them from other people. Um, and then a, f- a few other times, he he crossed state lines with bodies to to confuse hmm. police. That's pretty slick for a low IQ guy. Yeah, I don't it's know. not bad thinking. It's pretty yeah. good. Mix it up a little bit, keep people guessing. So the the typical murder for Gary would go that he he would pick up each victim. Um, usually a sex worker. Oftentimes he would show them pictures of his son to earn their trust. <laughs> or there were sometimes that he had his son with him in oh, the car. Gosh. His son was really little. Mm. Hi, I'm Gary. This is my son, Gary Jr. You ready to suck my cock? <laughs> and then die. <laughs> was Yeah, and his kid was too little to even know what was going on at the time. But, wow. Yeah. Imagine you're Gary Jr. now. Is Gary Jr. still around? Yeah, you know, and that's the... Um, is that actually his name, or are you just going with that? I'm assuming. No, I don't, I don't give know a fuck what his name is. <laughs> Gary Jr. We're going to call him Gary Jr. for the purposes of the podcast. All right. He, uh, well, the, the thing where he took the bodies state lines, that's the ones in Oregon. That was a, those were actually, those were a camping trip with his son. 
that he was like, oh, let's go, let's go camping and had two bodies in the trunk. And then while his son was Fuck. sleeping that night, he buried him Bur- out there. Jesus. Yeah. And the thing too is uh, growing up and stuff, I know his son has come out and said he would have never thought. He was like, my dad was a great dad. Mm. I would have never thought that anything like this wow. was going on. But so maybe sometimes he was in his car seat in the back seat. Dad was getting fucking hookers in the front and then strangling them. That's a lot to process. I mean, I, maybe, I, I think, yeah. Right? He's young enough to not know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a wild uh, mm. it's a wild scene. It is a wild it's a wild <laughs> scene. I, I would agree with that. It's a wild scene. <laughs> After raping them, Gary would manually strangle them from behind. And after uh, a bunch of victims started to scratch and bruise his arms trying to fight him off, he began to use ligatures to strangle them. He would kill victims in his home, his truck, or in a secluded area. It was just kind of whatever was convenient for, Hmm. for that situation. What was his favorite ligature to use? I think it was just a, a rope, I believe. Hmm. I think it is bold to do it at your own house. Yeah, but we see that all the time, apparently, with these guys. Yeah, yeah, it's not that the uncommon. fucking Jerry. Yeah. Was it Jerry Brutus? Yeah, the, with the, the intercom the, and all the, that the shit in the garage. Killer. Is that what it was? Yeah, he, his that wife girl. would find the shit in the garage yeah. and he'd play it off like nothing, and the, he'd have his mounted paperweight titty yeah. sitting around. <laughs> Fucking paperweight I mean, filled with sawdust. Through, the car crashed through his garage. Yes. The police are like, ah, oh, nothing to see here. <laughs> we'll just talk to him when he gets home. Dead body hanging in the garage. Yeah. Doesn't smell like anything. No, nope, it smells fine. That ridiculous paperweight that and then, wouldn't hold down any paper. Talk ever. about white yeah. male privilege. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ with these guys. And, and then, then what? That's, Kemper that's and- the definition of privilege. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to, get, to get your garage halfway smashed in yeah. by the police. A dead bodies the in there. police can almost literally see the feet dangling. Right. And they're like, eh, nothing to see here. We'll call him when he gets back Probably in Probably a mannequin. <laughs> but then Ed Kemper and Ed Gein too, right? Their own homes they would use. Yeah. Mike, home is where the heart is, okay? Literally. <laughs> Ed Gein's... That ripped out heart. <laughs> Ed Gein, I don't, I don't even really classify him with these guys. He was just a really sick person. That, but he yeah. wasn't he the was one living that by made, himself made the and, jokes about, oh, that missing person, yeah, she's up at the house. Yeah, but like I said, he was just extremely sick and... Yeah, these other guys, they weren't that sick. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Ed Kemper's over here skull-fucking his mom. No, Maybe they should sick. all get paroled tonight. <laughs> In so many words, that's what Ian is saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Write the parole board, fans. Don't let Ian have his way. Make sure these guys stay locked up. Your life depends on it. Also, write your local congressman, too. Make sure they're aware of the situation. Make sure they listen to Necronomapod. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. We'll send them a Necronomapod tie they can wear to Washington. I'm sure they'd love that. Why not? So in the early 80s, the Kings County Sheriff Office, uh, they formed the Green River Task Force to investigate the murders. The task force in- members included Robert Keppel and David Reichert, who were desperate for leads. They interviewed Ted Bundy multiple times for his opinion on the crimes. So this is like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. And, and at this time, Ted Bundy was trying to figure out any way to get his... Uh, death sentence mm-hmm. pushed back so did you guys know ted bundy was also from the pacific northwest i didn't oh really i thought he was from florida no huh <laughs> did he kill anybody in florida i don't know <laughs> i think tallahassee one or two. Oh, 
<laughs> but after a bunch of interviews, Ted was, uh, he was pretty much right on the money with most of his insight on the psychology, motivations, and behavior of Gary Ridgway. The main, <laughs> he was just like Ted. <laughs> right. <laughs> the main piece of information he gave the task force was that the killer probably revisited the dump sites to have sex with the victims. And if they found a fresh body, they needed to stake it out and wait for, for him to come back. But that never obviously didn't pan out but it was the uh it's the right information oh yeah mm-hmm. hero of the story ted bundy yeah and he started <laughs> bullshitting a lot too like i said he was trying to push back his death sentence at that point stall as long as he could and just say whatever yeah because he he, he wasn't looking for an audience like ed kemper was no just trying to tell no, his no, jokes no. and his stories no ted didn't talk to anybody until pretty much right before his uh yeah, right before it's about to happen. And yeah, he, I mean, he, he's blabbering. He was talking like the week, days, hours going up to it, trying to get him to he's push like, oh, it I back. got some more bodies I can tell you about. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, Gary was arrested in 1982 and 2001 for charges related to prostitution. He first became a suspect of the killings in 1983. In 1984, Gary passed a polygraph test, which some credit his ability to pass the polygraph test to his uh, low IQ. Which, <laughs> so, I mean, so he was on their radar way back. Oh yeah. You know, almost 20 years before he got arrested. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, yeah. I mean the, the girls that were working these areas, they knew him, but mm-hmm. he was always with like, Oh, you know, I got my kid and whatever. I'm all yeah. wholesome and shit. I mean, as wholesome as wholesome that is. Wholesome a prostitute <laughs> with his kid in the backseat. Yeah. But, I mean, he was able to gain their trust. Yeah. Could you not look at my kid while you're blowing me? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Show some respect. Don't look at my kid, please. Dada, why don't you put pee-pee in? Why girl have pee-pee in her mouth? Dada, what you do, Dada? Why pee-pee in her mouth, Dada? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dada. Ian, you better get us on track real quick. So with the... Dada, why you squirt milk into her mouth? Does this baby develop an Asian Dada, why there, why there milk all over her face? <laughs> But even though Gary passed these the polygraph, he was still on their radar. And uh, in on April seventh, nineteen eighty seven, they took hair and saliva samples from him. Sometime in nineteen eighty five, Gary met his third wife, Judith Moss. And Judith said in an interview that Gary would leave early in the morning for supposed overtime shifts, and she believed he committed some of the murders during this time. Oh, thanks for calling the police and letting us know. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, he was out killing hookers uh, all the time. He didn't know that they were dying, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to that here in a second. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, she, I'm no. blowing my load and jumping ahead. Yeah, she, all that baby talk of milk on faces. It's getting you going. Yeah. Dada, I want some yogurt. <laughs> we did so well during Children of God. Let's not ruin it now. We did so well. Uh, well, she claimed that. Uh, <laughs> I almost spit up my beer. She claimed that she didn't uh, suspect Gary of anything until the police contacted her in 1987 
and she had not heard of any of the killings because she didn't watch the news. Oh boy, which I find that to be bullshit. Yeah, you oh the news me, is depressing. I don't watch it. Tell me this bitch wasn't on Facebook all day. Come on, forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> I know it was 1987. No, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> say that. That's like uh, Jerry's wife turning a blind eye to all that shit. Yeah, like, right. Looking, just like looking up at the fucking ceiling the whole time, not right. paying attention. While he was married to Judith, his crimes declined with only three of his known 49 being killed while they were together. So did he go dormant after this time? He just, he didn't really kill anyone after this? He kind of thought he got away with it until all these years later? Uh, he, uh, well, his wife said that she, this, um, his third wife, she said that he, she went along with this whole thing of him wanting to have sex whenever he wanted kind of thing. And Well, that's what the Bible says you're supposed to do. Well, I don't find that abnormal <laughs> at all. Well, it seemed like it curbed some of this for him. Interesting. So the prior two wives wouldn't, so he had to go find the sex workers, which only enraged him that he had to actually do that, so he killed them. The new wife would bang him whenever she, he wanted to. So he didn't have to go find sex workers. So it curbed his urge to murder. I think we solved it. That's it. Yeah. Hmm. Boom. See you next week. <laughs> Interesting. Dada, I want some yogurt. <laughs> I think he's grown up now. I think he grew up. He's like 23 now at this point. <laughs> well, you know, and we also, um, I, I forgot a detail in there before that, that played into a lot of this stuff was his dad. He worked as the bus driver, but he also worked part time at a mortuary and he would come home and tell Gary stories like they were funny about people banging the dead bodies. I completely forgot oh. that, to, to like put the that in. shit people banging the dead bodies. Yeah. Like, yeah. You'd be like, oh, I have so and so. Yeah. That's a pretty key point. I feel <laughs> as if we should have touched on. I didn't have wow. any out. <laughs> this kid's having his dad tell him entertaining stories about banging dead bodies. So now it's putting in his head that that's what people do. Yeah. I, forgot, I completely forgot about that. You got to bring your own lube, son, because. <laughs> They don't get real excited when they're dead. I don't think anybody whose wife abuses them with plates over the head sounds like that. No. I feel like that's the kind of guy who abuses his wife <laughs> with like c- cigar burns to her chest. And <laughs> yeah, I forgot to put that in the outline. That's, I don't know, man. The Gary Ridgeways, there's not a ton out there about him, you know? Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I agree. I uh, Yeah, I, for- I completely forgot about that. But yeah. That may have been something to mention, though. Yeah. <laughs> Tales of Necrophilia by Daddy Ridgeway. Yeah, right. Hey, we caught it. We got it in there, which means we don't have to do a plan of correction uh, for next episode. Yeah. When they're dead, son, they can't tell you not to put it in their pooper. <laughs> His dad just sounded like Vince McMahon. I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be a good episode. <laughs> Forgetting key details, putting them in right at the end. <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot to tell you, when he was 13, he stabbed a goat <laughs> and fucked it. <laughs> so, with and the. Why, why was he fucking goats, Dave? <laughs> he was a bad boy. <laughs> oh. I was trying to set you up for a Bible joke. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> that we're you gonna edit that, you edit that out. Bad boy. <laughs> so we, we you, turned like a thirty-minute episode into like an hour and a half. <laughs> Thank God, this is just a bonus episode. Yeah. 
with the uh, with the advancements of DNA testing, the samples from 1987 were tested, providing enough evidence for an arrest warrant for Gary. On November 20th, 2001, Gary was at work at the Kenworth Truck Factory where he worked as a spray painter. I saw that the spray paint girl in the front seat of the car. <laughs> Gary Jr. has never grown up. We're now 14 years later. He's still a baby. Well, you know the other thing too about Gary with this. Uh, oh, another thing you didn't tell us? No, man, it's, it makes sense right now. <laughs> so we're talking about painting cars. He was like uh, Ian's telling the story, but also providing pop-up video little facts, like bloop, 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 like little facts, like from way back, just throwing them in throughout the story. We give you all all encompassing here. We give, we give you the whole story. At the end, you get the whole story. No, this, this has to do with him working as a, as a car painter. Like he was uh, like exceptionally good at painting cars. Like for, for all the things that he fucked up in life and whatever, he was like huh. really, really good at painting cars. So he wasn't that, working at Mako. No, he was a uh, fun little tidbit. About yeah, well, because this is how they ended up. They end up catching him for a bunch of these murders, is because he was employed at this this truck place forever, painting hmm. cars. Using really uh, rare paints on on these cars. Interesting. Yeah. So um, he was linked by DNA to the murders of Marcia Chapman, Opal Mills, Cynthia Hines, and Carol Ann Christensen, and then three more victims: Wendy Colfield, Deborah Bonner, and Deborah Estes were added to his charges when the forensics linked spray paint used at the Kenworth factory to the crime scenes. So that's what I'm saying. They There was like these rare paints that only he was allowed yeah. to use because he was so good at painting these cars. And they were able to link like, okay, this type of spray paint was at the crime scene. This is the only place that used it. And he's the only one that they allowed to touch that shit. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool forensics. Hmm. Dummy. In August of 2003, it was reported that Gary was in negotiations for a plea bargain to avoid the death penalty in return for his confession to more of the Green River murders. On November 5th, 2003, Gary entered a guilty plea to 48 charges of aggravated first-degree murder with the death penalty being avoided as long as he could help locate the remains of the victims. Hmm. Who is the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history? Him. It's him, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Or at least the most confirmed, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, there and we, we said earlier, there's not really like, it's not like uh, many of the other big guys that you can like go into these like graphic details and, and whatever about mm. because there's so many of them that he's just like, yep, this is how I normally did it. And that's it. I don't not really remember. remember. Plus, right. Yeah, with his low IQ, like he's not remembering a lot of this and there were so many of them. Yeah. On December 18th, 2003, Judge Richard Jones sentenced Gary to 48 life sentences with no possibility of parole and one life sentence to be served consecutively. He was also sentenced to an additional 10 years for each of the 48 victims for tampering with evidence, adding 480 years to his sentence. He's probably going to die in jail. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Might be likely. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Gary led prosecutors to three bodies in 2003. On August 13, 2003, the remains of a 16-year-old girl were found near Inumclaw, Washington. The remains were pronounced to be Pammy Avent, who investigators already thought was a victim of Gary's. 
Gary led prosecutors to the remains of Marie Malvar and April Buttram in September 2003. Gary ultimately confessed to murdering 71 victims and confessed to having sex with them before killing them, something he didn't confess until after his sentencing. Were all 71 women? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of people, man. Yeah. He said that he targeted um, prostitutes because they were easy to pick up and he hated them. He also said that eventually he started to bury bodies to resist the urge to go back and have sex with the corpses. Investigators believe... 100% that he's telling the truth about 71 victims, but they could only get evidence to convict him of 48, which still makes him the highest. Why did he have to rape the sex workers? I think it's just that hate. level of brutality. I think it's that hate thing. I think he's also a sex addict, and he would just go... I know, but they're sex workers. Why do you have to rape them, I guess? Oh, I was thinking after he killed them. Yeah. No, in the pro- in the process, he before he did that, he yeah. it wasn't consensual. Right, they thought it no, was, I, I, and I then understand. it got. I was just yeah. my mind immediately went to going back and fucking the corpses. Which yeah, it always does um, with you. <laughs> got me, got me there. You know me, <laughs> necrophiliac bastard. <laughs> so Gary was placed in solitary confinement at the Washington State Penitentiary in January two thousand four. On May 14th, 2015, he was transferred He was transferred to the USP Florence Federal Prison in Colorado. Why did he go to federal prison? Um, because Does he moved... Does that have the fact that he moved bodies and across state lines? Yeah, that's yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because that's when... Um, Look at me, I'm an attorney. There you go. So they were federal charges, though? I thought it was if you crossed state lines now. Yeah. That's why the FBI was able to get involved with okay. Ted Bundy back in the day when they started connect that it was like more than one state. That's when okay. the FBI got involved on that. Makes sense. In two thousand, in September two thousand fifteen, it was announced that Gary would be transferred back to Washington to be uh, easily accessible for open murder investigations. Jer- Gary returned to Washington State Penitentiary on October twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen, where he uh, he's still there today. Hmm. Hanging out. Model citizen. So, mm-hmm. Stand up guy. got, what, about 475 years left to serve? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm. He, he won't get out. <laughs> Prediction. I'd take that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, this episode went a little longer than I thought, and I have to pee so fucking bad. So, Ian, you got anything else to add? I, I have nothing. Uh, Gary Jr., you got anything else to add? <laughs> oh, good, man. Good episode. Nice fella. A little bumpy here. I threw in some facts at the very end that should have been think, in the beginning. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Um, well, that's good for the story. Yeah, it's pretty right. fucked up. I'm a little different because we couldn't really go into like a play-by-play on each of his murders. Yeah. So just a crazy, ill man. It's just the, 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 the amount of time between when, you know, the murders and then it's just interesting when the DNA pops up. Yeah. Almost 20 like, years they, later. They had his DNA there yeah, for like, that so long. He's just like so many of these guys, like they were on the radar, you know, way back when. Right. It took the, the scientific advancements to actually catch him. That's why I want to do something down the road on like the Golden State Killer or something. Mm-hmm. It's something, one of these cases that you can really dig into mm-hmm. that they had DNA for a long time and then caught him years yeah, after. Right. So, but yeah, that's it. I'm good on Gary. Gary Ridgeway. All right. We're good to go. Yep. We're good. All right. We'll see you guys on Sunday.